Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to Insane in the Membrane's top 10 biggest episodes in no particular order. We're building up to our third anniversary. That's right, three whole years of wonderful podcasting. I can't believe it, actually. Um, and also coming up, we've got a celebrity special show to celebrate our third anniversary. Um, yeah, it's a big one. You're going to enjoy that one. Oh, yes, it's going to be fantastic. And also, so what we're doing now is like, we're bringing up some past belters that might have gotten buried within our almost 150 episodes. Uh, also, thanks to our patrons, um, again, without whom we wouldn't be able to do what we do. You really do help us keep going. Um, any money that we get for this it just goes back into the pod so you know thank you so much for doing that uh, and you know again uh, patrons like uh, Duncan Craig OBE um, who's the CEO of uh, Survivors Manchester doing a, a fantastic work for, for people he really is an absolute dude um, and it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and meet him after once we're allowed to go and see each other again um, and also Debbie Leslie thank you so much Debbie Leslie really appreciate it thank you so much um, this episode was recorded in 2019 um, but had a spoiler uh, the guest tour show um, oh yeah that was it yeah so we didn't that was it yeah so we couldn't put it out because there was a spoiler in it that, that said yeah 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 and so we had to we had to like wait and hang, and sit on it and it was really difficult to sit on this one because we were so excited to have it um, and so it didn't go out until like 2020 and then and it was so I mean he's such a lovely guy I've known him a little while and such a dude and, it, and again it was lovely to have him on and we went to his flat and you know he was so great and um, and it, yeah we had to sit on this one and it was so it was too much it was too much but we got it out eventually uh, so coming up right now is James Acaster we've measured it actually and he was like yeah you fucking should have but now now they can't get it in and you waste these guys time <laughs> and then like, those, those came in and, and they those, they put it in and they went there you go and, and, and they went when, 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 do you, when do you have this measured and I was like oh well a few, a few months ago I just measured it all up and they went oh good job and they, they went and I sent I had a photo of it there and he was like fuck you you wanker was so yeah. angry about it I was like very spatially aware James you just yeah. knew you just, like, you yeah. just knew it I looked at him and just knew that'll fit <laughs> But I, I, Jade and I, with with our sofa, we just we went out to ASDA to buy, just to get tea bags actually, mm. and then DFS happened to be next door, yeah, and we just moved into our flat in where, where the one you've been to, and then uh, we just we just have a look, and as we walked in, there was this this 
yeah, this shiny blue, yeah, very jade sofa. And it was like, yeah. all right, well, we'll, we'll, and then suddenly we'd ordered it, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't, yeah, we didn't measure ours either. Yeah, but luckily it came in two bits. And I do, I really loved putting that flat together. Like, I mean, I'm looking forward to like doing these other rooms because like it is so much fun. I love, like going out, like buying that cloth. I was excited when I saw that cloth. Like, that looks so good in the middle room, <laughs> and like just like thinking about all of it. I never thought I'd give a shit about any of that. And, no, like, but then it becomes when well, it's your place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not with anything like, yeah. I mean, it's probably another mental health related thing, isn't it? But like, yeah, just just making your you feel like you're your, your own place, especially when you do our job. Absolutely, you're constantly feeling like you don't have some, yeah, you know, a home for years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always, I was always influenced by the people that I was living with. I was always, they were always seemed to be more in charge with yeah. the surroundings than I was. Yeah, and so. It was all, it was, uh, yeah, I never really had much say. This has been the first time where I've put my stamp on it. Mm. And actually, I want it to be more, there's books that I look at where these these guys, their whole their whole lifestyle, it's not not just the things they wear, but the the, the places that they live in and what yeah. they've got. Like very much like this, this is very stylish, James. I'm always- Thank you, mate. Cause, cause you, <laughs> this thing is your, this is what I like about you. You have a, that you, you have a coolness about you, which I know sort of goes against. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. <laughs> like the, your poster. I've never said that before. Mate, I'm telling you, the poster for your, for your latest show, for, um, Oh yeah, Bob with the glasses. And the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to get that, and I want it on the wall because I think it's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. You do have a, even though you come across as a bit, I'm uh, not geeky and nerdy. Not the right words, but I'd probably use those words. Yeah, but, yeah. do you know awkward what I mean? It's yeah, awkward yeah. and, but you, you do have a coolness. You have a style, it's like the way you dress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's just. Uh, that's very kind of you to say. You're cooler than me. Like, like in terms of like, you know. Like categorically I, cool. Well, I think I'm more like paint by numbers yeah. cool. Like people go, like certainly, but no. <laughs> of course, yeah, he's cool. He wears a scarf. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's Whereas yours is more, yours is proper cool because uh, you, don't, you don't see it coming. <laughs> and it's like, I think we're both working with what we've got. That's I think all, so, yeah. That's all, that's all you can do, right? In order to be cool or yourself, comfortably, you've got to go, this is who I am and lead into that a bit more. Or just like, what I like, love doing, because for ages, all I did was, um, I didn't f- even think about what I wore no. for like most of like in, until I was in my, my mid to late twenties. Probably my late twenties. Yeah, actually no, because I, I started like when I started doing comedy, I started wearing all the jumpers and the slacks and like it was like that. Yeah, it was actually you actually thought thought about it. it was yeah, like, actually, because yeah, it was what, like yeah. that's what you know audiences don't know who you are. Yeah. So before you get to the mic, they need they need a bit of a flag up as to like what they're going to expect. Yeah. Like. Uh, and so I'd like dress like that and then they would like expect the kind of comedy I was going to do because I didn't have much money I just wore that all the time right and I didn't want to no so off stage I was dressed like that all the time and like <laughs> and like some days you know I remember like some other comics would be like the fuck are you still dressed like that for you're not on stage right now <laughs> well we went up we were in New Zealand and yeah. we went up we went to um Went to, is it, what's the <laughs> island with the volcano yeah and you, uh, Wahiki Wahiki yeah and we climbed to the top of the volcano <laughs> And then we got back, and then you went on stage with the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. the shoes. Yeah, you know? shoes. But yeah, climbing the fucking volcano <laughs> with like, you know, broke. Clark's shoes oh, yeah. and like an M&S jumper and all this kind of stuff. And like school, you know, proper like, you know, some geeky slacks that, and like, and then just going on stage and just like that. But like, yeah. And then I made a conscious decision after I had, I had a 
Oh, I was in twenty seven or something. Most most changes in my life happen after a breakup. But right. like, like twenty seven, <laughs> and I just remember walking out of my flat to the tube one day and just looking down and going, "I look stupid," <laughs> and like really hating how I looked, and then deliberately trying to dress differently, not cool, but just differently. I was like, I just don't want to wear this anymore. Yeah. But then I got into another uniform, so it's like I think there's like. So then I got into like I wear cords now. So we're like, yeah. So yeah. at that point I was like, I'm just wearing cords. So I was always wearing slats, and now I'm just wearing cords. And now I'm shirt, I'll like buy shirts instead of jumpers, and and like they'll be like you know plaid or like you know, checked or whatever. And like I went through a phase of that, but like shopping at places like Top Man and stuff because I was like, <laughs> but it's amazing how that was like. Uh, also, like around that part of my life, it was a. Uh, I remember going to the. Like I became a massive hypochondriac again. So right. I, I hadn't been for a while. <laughs> As it comes, it comes and goes. Is it? it comes and goes with anxiety and just like whatever it is. So yeah. like you know, going ah. Oh. So like coming out of a relationship, all I could think of the, come out of that relationship was everything that was wrong with me and everything oh, I didn't right. like about myself. Yeah. So then it was just like I remember going to the doctors and being like, oh, I got this like dry skin on my face here, oh. like you know, either side. And they were like, do you moisturize and or, or do you like? Wash, wash your face in, at night I was like no they're like well, you, got, you can't go and do that mate like, have you we got to wash your face with some get a face wash and get a moisturiser so it's like I, I might as well have been going to Jonathan Van Ness it wasn't like you know like I wasn't going to a doctor and they're like you, you should just do those things and, like, and so I started doing that and actually going to like and like paying a little bit more for a haircut yeah, and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah. And, then, and then asking the hairdresser like what do you put in your like, like actually going oh okay and doing stuff like that and then like um, I had it again recently where like uh, I had this like rash come up on my face and went to the doctor and she was like did you use aftershave I was like, no. She's like, well, you do that. <laughs> I was like, and I, I, told my, I told my girlfriend about it. She was like, is that how it happens? Every time you go to the doctor, they just give you like manscaped advice. Like, like it's, not, it's not, you're not ill. You, you just like, don't go after yourself. It's like stuff that most people do. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, but I had that massive like, yeah. And then recently I've kind of had it again. After I um, finished those, I filmed those four shows. Yeah. I, and that was all like wearing corduroy and all of them and all, all, all terminal colours. And I had a big thing after that of being like, right, now I'm going to look for more like colourful. Yes, and yeah, so yeah, deliberately, yeah. Anything I've bought since then has been almost deliberately what I wouldn't normally right. wear. <laughs> and like on, actually on the episodes of Taskmaster that are in the studio, you can, I've deliberately chosen <laughs> really bright colours. And that, that, that poster you're talking about is like, like basically that, basically. Just, goes, yeah. What's the opposite that I would ever wear ever? And then wearing a like sunset jacket and stuff. But you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Most people... It would look contrived and it would look like, like you've just said, I went out of my way to go to the opposite of what yeah. I was doing. But it doesn't look like that. You've, <laughs> you've got this really good eye for style, which is, which I know has never been said to you probably. You no, know, it's been said to me. And if you it, have. any of my mates hear this though, I'll, I'll make fun of me so bad. <laughs> but, yeah, and you look at them. But I'm telling, I am telling you as a man that knows, yeah. you have style. And, well, I, and I, I look I, around, mate, and you have. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's, it's enviable as well. I I was always, I was in the mod thing, so I was, I was a mod for years. Oh, yeah. And that's all very, I got so fed up because it's very short-sighted. Yeah. You have to be a certain way and you have to listen to certain things. And when I'm not like that, I'm more, I just, I'm a bit of everything. This is why I, people talk about cultural appropriation at the moment. Yeah. I'm like, no, we need a bit of that. <laughs> we need a bit of that, you know, mix it up. You know, it's, 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 you know I mean, obviously if you're just, if you're doing it and stealing it or whatever, but be influenced by different things. Sure. For sure. There's differences. Um, yeah. But, um, but you're, you seem, it seems, it's effortless. 
with you, <laughs> and that really fucks me off. Uh, well, I tell you what, I mean, probably talking about cultural appropriation. I think my my worst, like I ever did, was when I was a teenager, and I bought like a proper kind of Rastafarian kind of hoodie at a festival because right. I, I I loved it. I didn't understand anything about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I knew it was wrong. Still, I remember wearing it, looking in the mirror and going, something's not right about this. And when I, when I, when I grew up and learned about cultural appropriation, I was like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it, actually. That wasn't mine to wear. And I shouldn't yeah, have been yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. something made sense. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I knew it. But, Did it have uh, dreadlocks in the hood? Like when you put the hood yeah, up? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There should have No, there wasn't. But like, God, if there, if there was, I'd be... Um, I mean, so many things. Where I'm just so glad that social media didn't exist when I was younger. <laughs> but there might yeah, be a photo yeah, of me yeah, on yeah. MySpace somewhere with that hoodie on. Wow! Uh, and then I'd really, yeah, probably go to great lengths to seek that out and destroy it. I was going to say someone's probably going to look for that right now. Yeah, now it's going to come back and haunt me. That'll be it. But this, I, I grew. Up, my dad, my dad was never. It was never one for you know. We like. It was never to. He liked shave and he'd ever get his hair cut in a normal mm. way. But it was never. There was never anybody around to teach me about mm. grooming and things like that. It was only sure. from my first proper girlfriend, Zena, yeah. that she said, yeah, you you can't dress like this anymore. You, sure. like, <laughs> I had a pair of jeans that I tried to bleach, mm. but I'd only, I'd, I'd end up just tipping bleach down the back of them. Great. So it <laughs> looked like you had some sort oh, of accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I told people I had. I went, oh yeah, I just dropped bleach on them. <laughs> like, Why am I wearing them? It is weird that that kind of thing of like, um, how you, because like definitely... Uh, I didn't really have any uh, men in my life who were like, uh, you know, you should make, make, make some effort. Look yeah, nice. Yeah. You know, apologies to my dad who listens to every podcast that I ever do. <laughs> uh, but like, but no, it'd be like, you should dress up more. You should do, you know, take care yeah. of how you look. You know, get, get yourself a nice haircut. This this looks good on you. This doesn't and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of like definitely grew up thinking like, if you took care of how you looked, you were arrogant. Yeah, and you yes, were definitely. It, it was like a bad thing, and you were yeah. vain, and don't do that. And so for years, it was just like not doing. And, and then I remember when uh, I mentioned Vandes earlier, but I remember seeing the first, uh, the original like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah, it was on TV, and kind of having a, a negative reaction to it because I felt like. Oh, it's like saying people aren't good enough the way they are. You're right. Yeah, like that, yeah, that's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. You got to it paint. seems so bizarre to me now that I felt like that. But it was kind of like how I felt about, uh, you know, and I thought that taking care of yourself was a, you know, any attention paid to yourself yeah. was bad. Right. It, it meant you were arrogant, you were vain, you were self-obsessed. So like I saw people going to other people and going, you need to look better, you need to do this. It's like, well, people should love me the way I am. Yes. And so I had this really negative reaction against it. And then like, when the new series, when Queer Eye came out on Netflix and everyone was going, oh, you got to watch it. And I was very resistant to it because I was mm. like, no, no, because it's that thing of like, you know, when we're not good enough as we are, oh, this. And, and like, I watched it and then you kind of realise like, oh no, it's about thinking you are good enough. It's, yeah, and it's the yeah, exact yeah. opposite. It's like you actually saying to yourself, I am worth actually spending a bit of time on it. I am worth like, you know, taking care of myself and, uh, and all that. And, and that if you do that, you feel more worthy. And actually, if you don't, uh, what I was doing before was kind of telling myself I wasn't worth yes. worth that. Like I, I'm not paying attention to how it looks. I think that's arrogant, and like I shouldn't be arrogant because I'm not. You know, yeah, what, yeah, what, what, yeah. What do I think I'm better than everyone else, and I'm not better than everyone else, <laughs> or this? And uh, it's it's really fascinating, actually. I mean, I know there's like you know people have got their problems with uh, the queer eye guys in their you know their, their politics or whatever and all that stuff, but like. Uh, in terms of the the show, mm. it's amazing. Like if we're talking about mental health, the amount that I found that to be helpful, yeah, in a way that like I know it sounds very basic, but like 
it's just incredible how you, you watch a show like that and go, oh, actually, yeah, I kind of, uh, I don't know how for, you see people who are like you on it and saying things that you've said. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and when you hear it out of other people's mouths about themselves, you go, yeah. no, you shouldn't feel like that. No, actually, you know. I have conversations with people, with blokes about moisturizer a lot. Yeah. And it, and it, something that I never grew up with that because growing like, you know, like growing up, when I did, it was like that was unheard of. Like, yeah. I even do it in my in my set where I talk about the cabinet that was in the bathroom was none of it was dad's. It sure. was like there'd be a shaving brush and it, like his shaving gear, yeah. but the rest was just weird lotions and potions yeah. that mum had tried and all her bits and bobs. And yeah. so it, it's only been in the last sort of five years that I've really been going. Oh, actually, yeah, like you like you said earlier, I do need a bit, I'm yeah. a bit dry around yeah. here. My yeah. hands definitely dry. <laughs> yeah, and I have I have conversations with builders and people like, oh yeah, oh god, yeah, you got to, you got to, mate, you got to do that, mate. You yeah, moisturise, yeah, yeah. you split, hurts uh, in the winter, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's really it's nice. It's, that's the thing. Yeah. Builders know about it because they, they they but that's because it's got so bad that they're splitting and bleeding. <laughs> so it's like okay, now I'll put some moisture. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's, how, that's how, how bad we let it get as blokes. I have to be physically bleeding and I can't pick stuff up. It's like, okay, now I'll put moisturizer on because it's a medical thing. It's like a actual. Like, it's the it's same like, with uh, mental as well, isn't it? You get to that point where you're just broken and bleeding and yeah. and that's and it takes someone else. Oh, like, mate, you've really got to sort yourself out. And yeah. then you go, yeah. Yeah. But we have to be at that point where. We've- oh, I didn't, I didn't go to like, uh, I, 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 I went to well yeah I've been to therapy like the first time I ever went to therapy was like in uh, 2013 and it was when I was like and I didn't know it at the time mm. but like I was just like ridiculously anxious uh, and like probably depressed as well but like my anxiety was like insane but I didn't think I, I had no. I didn't think I had any problems with anxiety or anything so I wasn't framing it as that yeah um, but like I went to one therapy session uh, and then like um, and it was because like the relationship I was in at the time was kind of driving me nuts. And yeah, I was, like, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy thinking that like this person was going to leave me. And uh, so I went to this therapy session, and then I think we broke up later that day. Wow. It was like I came back from it, and I think uh, uh, like I think that was like she had been a bit like, ah, oh, this has probably um gone too far. If he's if he's going to therapy, uh, yeah. you know, so I probably should send this relationship. So she did the right thing and, and did do that. Oh, I thought you'd gone to therapy and then come back and go right out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I think she was like, yeah. oh, do you know what? He's maybe doing worse than I thought he was. And yeah. maybe we should just yeah, cause yeah, yeah. end this relationship. Because, like, you know, in a way, what I was mainly kind of like obsessing over was like thinking we were going to break up. And I think she was probably like, well, we are. <laughs> and I should probably just do it now. That, and, yeah. and it was for the best, like made me feel a lot better. And I went to one more after that, but I was just like, I feel great now. Yeah, of course. And that's just, she was yeah. like, okay, well, you seem cool. And I was like, right, great. And then I, so then I just thought, right, that was it. I just felt stressed because my relationship was bad. And that was, and so now and I don't need it. to go. I don't need to go anymore. And so I didn't go for ages. And then like, it's 2017 where like I, I had a, I had a breakdown, but actually acknowledged that it was that. Right. So like, you know, I think I, it definitely happened to me before, probably a couple of times, like once when I crashed my car when I was 18 and I wasn't okay for like six months. Yeah. I heard that on the other, on, uh, was it Adam Buxton's one? Yeah, it might have been. I think I've yeah, talked about it on a few talk, things. Yeah. And that was, you were talking about the fact that you didn't think it had affected you. No. That much. But then in the evening. Oh, oh yeah. You, yeah. You suddenly would think about death and. Oh, it was a thing of like, yeah. I, I had a whole day of just being like, having a laugh about it. I yeah. crashed my car ha, ha, and whatever <laughs> with my friends and then I remember just being alone in the, in the house and everyone else had gone out 
I don't know, don't can't remember what the rest of my family were doing, but it was just me on my own, and I was like washing this plate up in the sink and looked up at the window, which was right in front of the sink. And it was just dark outside. Yeah, it was winter, and it was just my reflection in this black, black wow. mirror, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realise yeah. I, 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 I think I was on the toilet when I actually sunk in I felt I did that felt a bit down then sat down on the toilet and then went I'm going to die one day and it was it's, like it's uh, a mad one isn't it when you realise yeah I think I, I real, I've had moments like it before yeah. but it was like properly sinking in of like oh shit I don't understand anything wow. I don't understand the, the world that I live in <laughs> I don't understand how life works you know am I just a bunch of like meat and chemicals and like I'm not really me I'm not really wow, a person yeah. I'm just I'm just a bunch of stuff firing out different emotions and thoughts but at the end of the day it's all going to break one day and then I'll just like be a just be dead <laughs> and like that won't mean it. yeah and, and then yeah whoever was I anyway and, and all this stuff and then like so it was six months of like but I didn't think at any point during that uh, I'm depressed or I'm anxious or anything like that. No. I was just like, and, and this is true as well, but I was just like, I had a car crash and now I can't stop thinking about this because that seems more important than anything else at the minute. Yeah. It's like, you know, why would I give a shit about making desserts in a kitchen uh, for, you know, £3.50 an hour when I'm going to die one day? And why, why do I give a shit about this band I'm trying to get off the ground when no one will even oh, yeah. remember I'll be dead? So, like, everything, like, seemed bigger like that. And, uh, but at the time I was still like vaguely, I was just starting to let go of religion at that point. Right. And so I was still, but then that kind of thing kicked in of like scared. And so reached back out for it again. Yeah. So we're talking to, I talked to a vicar at one point. I talked to a friend of the family who was this like very religious guy who like would talk to me about, you know, stuff like that he gave me this book that I, I read that was just very comforting this like, right. Christianity and this like very comforting like you know kind of modern day kind of preacher just, talk, just putting stuff in terms that I could understand and relate to and that made me feel better for a while and at that point I was so kind of like uh, down and uh, in a very dark place that I just I think I got to a point where I was just like I don't even care if I learn the truth or not now I just want to get out of this Yeah, I just want to feel better <clears throat> um, whereas if at that point I thought a bit more about it in 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 terms of mental health or whatever. Then I probably would have got myself out of it in a much healthier, better way, in, in a way that would have sustained me right. longer and, yeah, given, and yeah. given me things that I could employ in my life and make me feel better. Um, but I didn't because I just saw it as you know the bear kind of. This is what happened. This yeah. is how I'm feeling now. I want to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same with like that. That breakup was just like really anxious all day long. I was just like, just the height of anxiety all day. I felt like my mind was like a beehive, and just right, like really, yeah. and I was pacing. I could never sit still. I was pacing around. I was phoning my friends all the time. She said wow. this the other day. Do you think that? And all, all this kind of stuff. And uh, and then when we broke up, and I was like, just relieved that I was right, almost. Yeah. Even if I, even if my anxiety and the way I was acting had caused the breakup, you know, I, I, I don't know, but like you know. Because uh, you know, it's quite intense to be around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, even if that was it, I was like, right, okay, I, I'm not crazy. She did want to break up with me. Okay, fine. And then feeling better about it and being like, okay, so that was all it was. Mm. And, and then so carrying on until like the next time you get hit again. Yeah. Um, I, I pretty much felt like that. I think the end of most relationships when like as soon as like I could tell when they had lost interest. And instead of like dealing with it in a good way, I just go straight into anxiety of like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. no, like, you know, this is going to end now. Or am I imagining that it's going to end? Am I crazy? And, and all this kind yeah. of stuff, I'm just doubting myself. I remember once having to take myself out of a, I was in a girlfriend's flat 
and she was getting ready to go out and she was like in front of the mirror just sorting her hair out or whatever and I came up behind her and put my arms around her and she kind of instinctively kind of like like pushed me away and said, and said don't crowd me or something and like probably like you know the relationship was like starting to come to an end mm. and that I remember as soon as she did that I remember kind of almost freezing like behind yeah, her yeah, and then yeah, she yeah. went into the bathroom and as soon as the door locked I went out the flat <laughs> I just went down the stairs out the flat into the courtyard and just started pacing around the whole courtyard and being like just just leave just go oh, home now wow. and when she gets out the bathroom you just won't be there and that'll be it yeah. just go and then I was like you can't fucking do that you, you look fucking insane and, and then like went back in and by the time she got out of the bathroom I was stuck. she didn't even know I oh, got wow. out of the she flat. didn't even know that, that she didn't know that any of that had happened I was sitting there you alright and then like not you know pretending like nothing's shit. wrong yeah. and like so it was that for like years of like you know wow but when it's out of your control if you don't want it to end Sure. That's it's out of your control, which is even worse. It's, yeah. It's different if you're both kind of you're like, oh, I'm not feeling this. Sure. Yeah, I'm not feeling this either. And it kind of peters yeah, out yeah. on its own. But if there's one of you still, no, this is yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah. But, but that other person's the one that's not feeling it. Yeah. That, that must, that's horrible. It is horrible. Know? But at the same time, if like, if I'm to reflect on it, like, you know, like they were, they were right mm. that the relationship wasn't good. Um, we weren't very well suited to one another but like I was so kind of like again there's a bunch of stuff that I hadn't worked for at the time like I just if I was in a relationship it was almost like like, I've got to make this work this has to work but rather than kind of being like oh do you know what we're not that well suited to each other so we should just break up and that's fine. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't mean that either of us are bad people or anything like that. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a dick. It just means that, like, you know, that's it's just not working. It's not working. Yeah. But instead I'd be like, no, no, you've got to work on it. You've got to make it work. You've got, you've got to, yeah. And I didn't want them to, so my self-worth was too tied up in the relationship right. and, it, and it shouldn't have been. I should have been like, no, I, you know, if they don't want to be with me, fine. Yeah. Uh, but like, instead it was like, I, I, and I didn't, I, again, it was like never really acknowledging it, putting it into words or whatever. I just thought that, if you're in a relationship, you've got to make it work. Exactly. You, that, you, that, that, that you don't stuff. feel you've put enough work into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I, yeah, I know that. I've heard that before. So yeah. You've got to work at it. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's work it. But yeah, yeah if you're if it's not working, and it, well, and, or you shouldn't be together, chemistry's not there, and yeah. you're, just, you're just papering over something that's... And you don't realise until you're in one that works. Mm. Like, now, I mean, easily the best relationship I've ever been in. Right. And, uh, and it's just been easy from yeah. the start. And, oh... Like, and when you go, oh, this is how it should feel, and yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. and it's just uh, it's completely different. And um, I realised, like, looking back, there are some things sometimes that I've called love in my life, and it's not been that. Yeah, but yeah, I've mislabeled yeah. it. Some of like, you know, actually anxiety <laughs> and being like, oh, I love this person because when I'm around them. You yeah. know, oh, it just feels like so. Ever, all my emotions are so sky high. There's all this, and yes. then and then you, you look back and go, "Oh, I was anxious," and I was like, <laughs> "They made me like really anxious, me on edge. And, and worried, and yeah. scared, or and like you know, depressed, or not like, my, and, and all those things." And I'm going, that, "That wasn't being in love. I was, <laughs> I was, I was a mess." Um, and like, but, but that's because like you know, the first relationship I was ever in was like, like when I was 21, uh, my first like saying I loved someone I had like you know girlfriends before that that were like you know I think I have a few months at a time or whatever but I had this really intense short relationship when I was 21 and it was just like completely tied up in uh, anxiety because it was like she had broken up with someone to be with me they had been together for a very long time like 10 years Mm. she felt bad about that I felt bad about that 
we were both quite sensitive people right. so we both felt really bad about her ex-boyfriend yeah and so it was just all and, and then she wasn't sure maybe she should get back with him but being quite open with me about that so I'm like always like well I could be ditched any second <laughs> and then like and then you know and then it did like last a very short amount of time like three months then back then she got back with him and she was with him for 10 years before me she's still with him now so that was, oh, was 20 wow. months like, yeah, they, they were definitely the, the right yeah. couple but like they were just short intense kind of thing and because like that's what, but that was the first time I ever said I loved someone. Yeah. So that's what I attached to what of love course, was. Of course, yes. That was like for, for fucking over, yeah, you know, over a decade <laughs> of like, well, that's what it is. That's when I'm in love with someone is when I feel like that. And then and then like yeah, you know, now being with someone who just like doesn't make me feel like that at all, it makes me feel a completely new thing that I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is so yeah, much better. Yeah. Like I can be myself around them. I don't feel like I'm having to at any point think about how am I acting? Should I nah. behave like this? maneuvering but like but again it's that thing of like I guess when we're talking about men's mental health a lot of the time you know square what you know right at the beginning if you want to start the conversation is just talking about be open about your emotions uh, yeah, know and know what they are yes and, and be able to label them properly yeah know, like I feel like this because so that's the thing we've had to call it mental health to get men talking about it because we it. won't talk about feelings and emotions. <laughs> like women have had it nailed for years because yeah. they openly go, how are you feeling? And talk about it. And I'm not saying like, obviously there's loads of uh, women, like, mental health is an issue for women as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> and there's loads of women who don't talk about those things. Uh, but generally speaking, the reason why it's, it's made such a big issue for men and people talk about, you know, uh, about men's mental health so much is because we just haven't, yeah, we won't go. How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, but how are you really uh, feeling? You're a bit emotional. Yeah, like for yeah. years, being emotional was used against me. Of as course, a yeah, same. you're oversensitive. You're too emotional. Yeah. That all the time. Like, right, I better not be that. Uh, same. And exactly by people who, well, you know, sometimes by you know, I was in relationships, and my girlfriend would say that to me about stuff that she would act the same way. But I go, but you would behave like this in this situation, and. So am I being yeah, oversensitive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for a man I am, I guess. Oh, oh, yeah, but because like, well, you would behave this way, so you can't think it's oversensitive because you do it as well. And it was like, yeah, you're not meant to behave like that. No. And so like, yeah, because we won't talk about emotions because we think that's bad. We won't talk about feelings because that's bad. So they've, they've had to rebrand it and go, it's mental health. Go, oh, oh, talk, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. mental. Our, our brains are so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Uh, like, like, okay, I'll get, I'll get into my mental. Yeah, I'm, that's it. I like puzzles. <laughs> yeah. So like, got the brain gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I talk, I talk about mental health. Sure, it's a serious game. It's not like it's not, it's not like it. light, light stuff like emotions and feelings. That, but like, we better label it for some mental. Yeah. yeah, so it's more palatable. Yeah. Your next episode is a podcast for people bursting into their 40s, 50s and beyond. Talking to people like Laura Dodsworth. One thing I didn't consider at all with manhood and slime in my first shoot and I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I was on my knees in front of a man I don't know at all photographing his penis. I thought, oh, I'm going to be doing this a hundred times. And people like Sober Dave. When you give up drinking, you feel everything. You know, all your emotions come out before you'd numb them before. So Mm. all of a sudden it's like, what is this? What? Mm. How am I going to deal with this? Mm. You know, before it'd be, oh, I'd just get drunk and it'd go yeah. away. I'm Amy. I'm Louise. Join us for your next episode. Buy your favourite podcast app. I thought I wasn't anxious because I had a friend who, you know, had an anxiety disorder. Yeah. And he, you know, wonderful man, uh, but he couldn't leave the house and stuff. So I was yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. that's what anxiety is. Yes. you can't leave your house. And, and you, you obsess over, you know, things that you've said to people all the time. And, and it really is, you know... Uh, 
it's, it's that kind of like extreme. So I was like, I'm not anxious. No. Because like, that's what... I, I, not, so, I just met the shops. Yeah, I don't see it as that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I remember when I was in, I went to, um, I did like a really crappy music course at this this college in Northampton. And uh, before we did our first gig, the whole point was form a band. And, do, and the teacher told us like, um, you know, some of you might think you feel nervous before this gig. Some of you might feel excited. Just so you know, they're the same emotion. It just depends how you look at it, if you're positive or negative or not. <laughs> and and I don't. I, I, so at the time, I went, oh, okay. Yeah. So then every time I felt like that before a gig, I'd go, I'd tell myself, I'm excited. So I, I, I would turn my thing into uh, a positive. Yeah. I'm excited. But actually, I wasn't. <laughs> I was nervous and I was yeah. anxious, but I was telling myself, so I was mislabeling it, saying, you're excited now. <laughs> and, 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 but like, still, the emotions were still doing what they do to you. And like, it's only really now, you know, I mean, that was like, like 2002 yeah so like you know now in like 2019 that I've actually thought to my, I was about to go on at a gig the other day and was feeling like that and going oh do you know what you're anxious and you've been anxious every week <laughs> like multiple times a week before going on stage for like over 15 years like it's a, and you're like oh what a thing to put your body through yeah 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 every yeah. single like and like on this tour I'm on a tour at the minute and like I'm doing t- two halves and so I feel like it before going in the first half and I feel like it before oh going my God. in the second half uh, and it's like an hour each half which is the most I've ever done and so like in the interval I'm like not just feeling anxious about going back on but I'm feeling tired as well yes because uh, it's a, and it's a personal show and it is like a show that's talking about my mental health which I've never done before so I am kind of sitting there like Oh God! I've got to go back on. I've got to tell them all this stuff. You've got to dig deep, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and all the. But like, at least now I'm going. I'm nervous, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than going, I'm excited. I'm walking around like a madman. <laughs> I'm really excited about this gig. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm in love with this audience. I think I'm in love with them all. You know, <laughs> like, just... yeah, yeah. Oh God, I think James needs to lie down. Isn't yeah. It? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, yeah, this show been more emotional than, than the others that you've done. Mm. Are you enjoying it though? Uh, when uh, yes and no. Yeah. When it goes well, it's the most I've enjoyed comedy. Yeah. When it doesn't go well, it's the it's probably the least I've enjoyed comedy. Yeah. And um and I would say that in general, um it is tiring and yeah. exhausting, and more tiring and exhausting than anything else I've done. I don't. I would be very very surprised. I mean, next year I'm pretty much taking a year off of doing live stand up mm. anyway. And that's not just because of this tour, it's because of like 11 years of doing comedy and, and, and not yeah. ever having a break from live, live work. So like, you know, it's recognising that I need some time yes. off anyway. But but definitely this show, even if like on this tour, I can have a great first half. And in the first half, I don't really, you know, I talk about mental health for like a little bit, yeah. but not most of the first half is not about that. So there's one little bit in there as a kind of like, so I don't know, kind of prepares them a little bit for the second half so it doesn't come out of nowhere. But I could have an amazing first half and it goes like exactly how I wanted it to. And in the interval, I'm still thinking, I don't want to go back on. Yeah, really? So like, because I am a bit like, when I did, I, I did a, a run in, a, a few London runs before doing the tour in, um, it was October last year, November, and then January and February, like a week, a week long run yep. each. And I remember in the January one, uh, I came to the Thursday, I think, so the fourth night. I'm thinking, and it, they'd all gone well, and I'd, you know, I've been really proud of each night. And I'm about to go on at the fourth one and going, oh, I don't know if I want to tell them all this personal mm. stuff again. And then being really worried right. and being like, oh, actually, you've got to do a whole year. Because I knew that I had, you know, I had a really long tour, the longest tour I've ever done ahead of me. Yeah. That was like going from March to December, just like with August off, but like otherwise pretty much in the most nights I'm gigging doing this show. And I was like, fuck, if you feel like this after four, yeah, we're gonna like, like th- this is like, what, like what, what are you going to do Yeah, <laughs> when you've got a, like when you're a few months in and you, you've got this and like, you know, there's definitely been, there's been nights where I've completely, because uh, the start of it is me going on in that outfit you described in the shades and, yes. and, and, and the sunset jacket and and like because you DJ at the beginning of it oh I one? used to and I had to stop that oh, right. so okay. I, I used to be on stage when they came in in the shades and stuff and I'd have, have an iPod and I'd be there'd be tracks playing and then I'd always yeah. stop it and play this one song really loud and kept on playing the same song over and over again and right. staring the audience down and I really enjoyed doing that but then uh the more I did it, the more people started just coming up to me while I was on stage. Like, right. James, James, no, yeah. get a selfie before the show. Come here. And I would, I'd be in so character. They don't, they don't get it, yeah. So I'd ignore them. And then I, I, but, but I'd ignore them because I, I was like being this kind of like, you know, straight-faced, emotionless guy playing his songs. 
And instead of laughing at it and thinking that's funny, they'd go, oh, well, fuck you then. And then sit down and you'd be like, like I can't go oh, wow. this before the show. No. Like before the show, having someone genuinely angry at me and telling me, like, like there was one gig I had to literally stop the music and go, because one guy was, wouldn't stop heckling me. Yeah. And I had to stop the music and deal with him before the show. I was like, Joe, what? This is not setting oh, the tone. God. So it's a real shame. But I'm doing some in London at the end of this tour. And I'm going to film them as well. Yeah. And I'm going to do it in, I'm going to do that again, Brilliant. doing that. Cause I'd like to get that on film. So I really liked doing that. Cause it made it, I mean, it was more intense cause I'd be on in the interval. Yeah. So it meant I'd go on in the first half, did an hour that I'd be on stage for 20, 25 minutes in the interval oh, wow. and then another hour again. So it was like an hour and a half, two, two and a half hours yeah. essentially. Solid. Just being on stage for the whole thing. Holy shit. And, and I, but I found that that really like, you know, cause of the subjects I was talking about, it really went with the theme of the show. It really made the show like more, because I'm talking about the worst year of my life where yes. it felt like things were just relentless. So it's good that it feels like you've got no respite from it. Yeah. And the whole show is just one thing that won't go away. And it's like, if you want to talk about mental health, it's not like, I'll just bench that for a bit and then yeah. pick it up again. It's like, no, it's constant. It's constant, it's yeah. So, but yeah, I, and, um, but the ones that have gone, yeah, the ones that have gone badly, like when I go on, I've got the shades on at the top and I, I do a whole thing about like, you know, I'm cool now and, and, and I hate my audience and all this right. kind of stuff. And crowds who have seen me over the years and know what I do, it's a really fun beginning to the show and they know that it's not a face value. But I still, you know, we're always, always going to get people who haven't seen us before or places that you've never been on tour in that particular place and they're less familiar with you. And doing those ones and going on and doing that bit and them taking it a bit more at face value. Yeah really takes the wind out my sails early doors so I think oh I'm staring down the barrel of like two hours now in front of these people and, 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 uh, bloke's, and he's livid and he's, yeah, yeah and I've got to really try and not like not drive it into a ditch I've got to be like just get to the interval yeah and if you don't acknowledge how it's going by the interval you're gonna feel better and I know that logically yeah I know logically if you get to the interval and you haven't said this is going shit you're shit I'm shit or whatever yeah then you'll be relieved in the interval. And when you get to the interval, if you've, if you've done that, then you'll be able to do the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're fine. Um, but still, you know, I wasn't doing this since I was an open spot. Fucking gigs up by, by, by going like, oh, you don't like this. Oh, man. So, and and yeah, feeling all that yeah, insecurity. Yeah. And, and uh, insecure, but also like, you know, you, you feel angry on stage. And like, Why do you not like it? And, and all this. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it gets even more when you're like, I've built my own audience now. You still don't like it. <laughs> uh, and like, and, uh, and like, you know, the amount of times I'm sat there in the interval, just last week, I was in the interval going like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know right. not to do that. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. learned a million times, don't, don't throw it back in their face and tell them that they're, they're, they're a shit yeah. audience. Like, you know not to do it and you've done it again. And now you've got to go back on and do an hour. And in this next hour, you've got to tell them that you had suicidal thoughts. You've got to tell them all this stuff. And you don't want to tell them that now no. because you just made enemies of them instead of like a, a group of, you know, if you didn't do any of that shit and they were just quiet, you'd come off and you'd be like, ah, oh, good that I didn't have a go at them. They're quiet, but do you know what? They're probably yeah, yeah, still yeah. enjoying it. Or, you know, that means that this is probably the audience that needs to hear this you know, what you're talking about even more so like you know because then you're not preaching to the choir yes. so like so good so you just go out there and do the show and don't worry about them being quiet it doesn't mean they're not enjoying it doesn't mean they're not engaged with it, it doesn't mean they're not thinking about it but it's, if I'm in the interval thinking you fucked that <laughs> I'm just like it's and, and it is that thing of yeah. going like why why I mean, you know it comes down to tiredness you know I'm too tired and when I'm too tired I get, I get stressed mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I get more anxious or depressed more easily so I'm knackered and then 
doing stand-up is insane. It's, oh, it doesn't make any sense when you really and look at it. Everyone who tells us, I couldn't do what you do, <laughs> what do you do if they don't laugh, what do you do if they heckle and all this, and we all act like, like um, for, for years, I'm such a bullshitter, yeah. when, when they go like, what do you do if they don't laugh? And go, That's all right, yeah, don't laugh, they don't laugh, it's up to them. Uh, what do you do if someone heckles? I just fucking deal with it. I judge it on its own individual merit, it's fine. Yeah. What do you do if you, don't feel, if you don't feel like being funny that day? It's my job, I've got to do it. And it's actually bollocks. All those things that people who don't do stand-up are afraid of and, and, and would worry them and the reasons they don't do it, all of those things affect me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm affected by audiences not laughing. Of course. I'm affected by someone hectoring me. Yeah. I'm affected by being too tired to do the gig. Like, all of it affects me. Yeah. And, um, and most nights I am going, yeah, I'm not, I'm not superhuman. <laughs> I'm exactly like everyone else in this room except I wrote some material yeah yeah, yeah. like I, 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 I wrote some material I worked on it and did gigs but I'm exactly the same as you guys are I'm fragile yeah. I, I can't really uh, deal with a lot of the yeah. judgement that comes with this with, the, with this job I've never felt like I fitted in yeah. and now I'm sitting in front of you yeah. saying no no I'm fine I'm fine but yeah, really yeah. I'm like oh I just want to fit in yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. madness it I is madness I want to be accepted by yeah. you all yeah. like, at the same time I want to be in front of you yeah Doing this to you, yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's, if you, I've done that before at a gig. I remember being on stage, and suddenly I just thought about it. Mm. I just went, "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> in my head, yeah. and then suddenly the audience, like they also like felt really far away, mm. and I just, oh no, well, and then I could hear myself talking, yeah. and oh god, oh no, I've done it. I've taken the <laughs> lid off. Yeah, yeah, I was fine before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had so many ones where I've articulated that on stage, and I had a gig in Brisbane, and I was—it's the most tired I've ever been before mm. a gig. Like I, I, I'd done uh, two weeks in America, uh, where I'd been like flying to a different place every single day, bloody hell, and by myself without a tour manager, and doing two shows a night that were um, an hour and a half each without an interval each. So it's like three hours of comedy a night. Jesus, and uh, I've done that, and I've gone straight to the Melbourne Festival and done my show every day, sometimes twice a day, for two weeks there. Obviously, incredibly lucky to be able to do all that. Yeah. But by the end of those four weeks, I was exhausted. Yeah. Physically yeah. and mentally exhausted. And I needed a break. But instead, I'd book myself in this little, you know, couple of gigs in Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, before going to New Zealand. So, like, I was, uh, I went to Brisbane I think it was it was the last one of those three. So I'd done Perth, I'd done Sydney. I was already kind of like starting to come apart. Yeah. Because again, like, you know, your time zones start changing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't realise how much that fucks you up. Absolutely fucks you up. Yeah. I, I got, got to Brisbane. I remember getting to a hotel at Brisbane and just immediately, like one of the few times in my life where I've just like sat down and immediately fell asleep. And, um, and I got woken up to go to the gig and was so tired and I went on and they were just a very reserved audience oh wow and so yeah. like I didn't have any energy and they didn't have any energy Ugh. and so um, like instead yeah. of just doing the gig I, uh, I I kind of like started referencing you know they weren't laughing much because in Melbourne I'd kind of, it kind of become a part of the show yes that I was having a go at the audience but it's because I understand the Melbourne audience a bit more that they're like very right on and they like to show that they're on the right side of every issue so if I did a routine that was a bit right on instead of showing that they agreed with me by laughing they would show that they agreed with me by being silent and nodding and going mm, yes <laughs> and so I kind of I, 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 it was a funny thing throughout the show to lay into them for that and it kind of worked with the themes of the show of like rejection and stuff like that and me rejecting the audience and, and my relationship yeah. with the audience 
So I thought by the time I got to Brisbane, yeah, that's part of the show now is that you, you dig at the audience. Yeah. And then I had a dig at them and they absolutely were like not having no. any of it. And were like really surprised and being like, oh, well, we thought we were laughing. We thought we liked this show. And then like, and then eventually it was like, so it was like, they don't, they're not laughing at the show very loud. They're laughing at this stuff even less. And now I've got nothing. And so I kind of like at one point kind of completely just became a normal person on stage and went, um, okay, well, look, I was only doing all that stuff, having a go at you, because normally that's my plan B. Oh, wow. And, deconstructing uh, the so deconstruction. Like, I was only doing that for, to try, but that's not working. So I don't really know where I'm going from here. <laughs> I'm fucking knackered. And I, I kind of shared too much with them. I like, yeah. really told them about just, 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 just as why, why it wasn't going. I was like, okay, well, this is fucked. And I guess this is pretty awkward now. And I don't really know how to get out of this and all this. <laughs> and then like people were concerned afterwards. Like people were contacting my dad on Twitter saying like really worried about your son. People contacted Stuart Goldsmith on the uh, oh, Comedians wow. Comedian Facebook group saying you want to check, him, check in, <laughs> in on him. Um, a Reddit thread started about what? about the, the, the one gig. Uh, and just being like, you know, who, who was at that gig the other night? You know, who else is concerned about <laughs> And really, it was just that I was absolutely exhausted yeah. and shouldn't have been doing a gig. I should have been having a day off. That was all it was. Um, and my, but you know, my job involves having to talk for an hour. Yes. Uh, you know, some people, if they're feeling like that at work, can just get their head down, sit behind their desk. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just won't do much work today, but I don't have to speak to people out loud about what's going on in my head all the time. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, I, I'm having to try and you know make them laugh, and sometimes part of making them laugh is being real with them and going, "Well, if I go this way, I might find an observation that we all relate to," and then yeah. you don't and you feel even more alienated like oh I'm the only person who feels like this so I'm a weirdo now and they all think I'm weird yeah. <laughs> and then you get defensive yeah but like what I realised I was in a therapy session the other day and I was talking about like needing approval as a kid and needing a like you know um, yeah kind of um, validation from adults yes. as a kid and uh, I remembered that there was this uh, this video of myself uh, uh, you know home video and I'm, I'm there's some family friends who are over called Julian and Karen, uh, a couple who are friends with my, with my parents. And there's a video of me going over and showing this drawing that I've done. I used to do loads of drawings as a kid and showing it to this guy, Julian, and being like that. And he was like, oh, that's so good. Wow, James, that's really clever. Uh, so, and me just like looking up at him, like really like, you know, feeding off of it. And yeah, like, he yeah, likes yeah. the drawing. I don't think it's <laughs> and, and like all this. And in Brisbane, they were at that gig. The, the, that couple had right. moved to Australia and I hadn't seen them since I was a kid and they had contacted me and been like can we come and see you tonight and I got them tickets and then on stage all I was thinking was they're not like like oh, those no. two and, all, and I didn't yeah. really, I didn't put it together in my head <clears throat> until I turned in the ferry session and he was like is there any like you know because we're talking about need, you know needing validation as a kid and showing adults like drawings or putting plays on and all that and I remembered that video I was like oh fuck that was him and they were Shit, like people yeah. in my childhood. I definitely did that with all the time. Like every time they came over, I would have showed them drawings going, this is good. Do you think this is good? Do you think yeah, this is good? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm an adult and they're coming to see me do stand up for the first time. They haven't seen me since I was in primary school. <laughs> and, and I'm like, want to show them that it's great. And then when it goes badly, for some reason, I go into this deeper pit of despair than I right. usually would. And I don't know why at the time. And then now I'm like, because of, of that. Because that's who they are. Yeah, for you. yeah, yeah. They're these people that you want them to give you a pat on the head and go, well done, James. We're proud of you. You're doing well. <laughs> and then, and, and now you fucked it. Like, on, on stage, like, they, they're not going to say this to you now. You've completely, they, they're going to think that you're not on the right track with comedy. And, um, you know, 
but you've got but you've done so many good things and had so many good gigs and have been so successful that 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 things like that now probably you, you you're able to go oh like you've just said i just needed a night off yeah where at the time it's probably more intense than that but now you can sort of look back and go you know i haven't fucked my career mm. i just had i just got to take some time out yeah. when i get like that I, i've learned a valuable lesson yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm able to give myself to know to deal with it like, so like having a year off next year yeah which might become two years off i'm not putting any kind of like no. time limit on it but like i wouldn't have been able to do that before because i would have felt like i can't afford to take time i need to i need to be constantly on it and not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not even thinking of afford as in money wise although that definitely was the case as well but like thinking of it in terms of like just reputation wise like i need to continue doing stand-up and keeping everyone's heads otherwise they'll forget about me and yes. I, I won't be able to keep doing stand-up anymore and i want to do this as a job so i want people to see it um whereas now i am a little bit more like oh, Joe, what the things that I've done that I am proud of. Because I, I would still probably look back and say that I have enjoyed less gigs than I haven't enjoyed. Right. Uh, and that's like a shame. <laughs> but like, I would say like, less gigs than... And also, that the lows I feel after a bad gig, I very rarely feel the equivalent in highs after a good gig. Okay. I'd say once recently I did, and it was insane what it did to me like <laughs> I, 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 I had the best gig this show's ever gone and yeah. for 24 hours afterwards until I had to do my next gig I was high as a kite <laughs> just properly so happy I yeah. um, haven't been like that probably since I was an open spot and I felt like you know actually maybe like every show maybe every show I've done I've had like one gig that's been like that yeah, I've gone yeah, like yeah. that's exactly how I wanted it to go and that's yeah. how, exactly how it's always been in my head and then you come off really on a high that I did it I, I made the thing I wanted to make um but normally, if I have a good gig, I feel relieved. Yeah. Right, I feel okay. relieved it didn't go badly. Right. And when, I, when, it, when it goes bad, I feel utter like, not only should I quit and that I'm I'm not good at this and I should, I should, and it's not good for my mental health either. Like, it keeps doing this to me, so yeah. why am I doing it? But also, I'll, I'll be like, and what do I do after this? I don't know what else to do. Oh, fuck. Life, <laughs> life is so fucking long and, I, I, and I, I don't know how to feel it. I don't, I don't, I don't know, like, how to, uh, I don't know what my, like, calling is in life I, I, I'm not being good at anything I'm going to start something else I'll just find a whole bunch of new problems with that yeah, 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 so I'm yeah. completely uh, you know catastrophizing and depressed and after a bad gig yeah. whereas like after after a good one I'm never you know I'm hardly ever like oh, I'm the king of the world this is great and like the opposite so looking back you know but but now on the positive side I have got enough things that I'm proud of that I'm like do you know what if I take some time off and you know, that's for whatever reason eventually means that I fall out of favour. I can't go back to stand up or whatever. <laughs> if the worst happened, I can deal with it because I, like, I'm happy with what I've done. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What I've done yeah. is enough for me now. The, the I think really what I wanted to do since day one, I didn't realise until I did it, was film some shows. Right. So it's like I filmed shows. I've got them. I can watch them back. I've only watched them back once, but like I watched <laughs> them back and yeah. was like that's what I want those shows to be like. And so I was like, great. And after that, I just felt like I've done it. I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I've been very lucky, you know, being able to do the books as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I grew up reading like Dave Gorman books and stuff like that. Yes. And, and wanted to write those kind of books and be like, I, and like, so I feel very lucky to have achieved that. And, uh, and yeah, and then there's been other things that have been, yeah, I think, those thing, those two things, the books and the, and the specials and the podcast with Ed, uh, are the things where I'm like, yeah, that's what you wanted. Yeah. You wanted to do them. 
you've achieved that and uh so now just like go a bit more easy on yeah, yourself yeah, and, a little and, bit and, of a break, and move mate. away from it and and then you can look at all the bad gigs you've had all the gigs that felt bad and kind of be a little bit more like yeah you, well, you like, were just like yeah, yeah you you're having a bad time yeah, like you're, you're having that, a bad time yeah, and it. uh and uh you're not insane and most people wouldn't even get on that stage no exactly like, especially with the like you say the turmoil that was going on yeah in the behind the scenes especially the stuff you talk about in this latest show yeah you know we won't go into details now so people can see it but the one thing when we had dinner that time and you were telling us about it mm. and you were saying how i'm just going to give it away a little bit but <laughs> it, you said how mr bean is everywhere <laughs> Yeah, and sure. since you said it, he's fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah. Uh, like, there's dolls, there's toys, there's yeah, this, yeah. there's that. He's in every single <laughs> yeah. shop. So you got that going on. Well, that's thankfully the lighter part of the show. Yeah. So that's like uh, not so much of a... That's the that's the thing in the show that... I don't know when this podcast will go out, um, but like uh, I'd say that I tell one lie in the show. Yeah. And that's that I tell them that everything I talk about on stage, I've dealt with it and I've processed it and it's fine. And that's not true. Right. So that bit is true. That yeah. bit I've dealt with it years ago, it's fine. It's just funny to me, it's yeah. fine. Um, but there's, you know, there's three other big stories in that show that, you know, I, I can talk to people about, but they still trigger emotions and still no, make really. me feel shit. And that's definitely something I won't do again. No. Is talk about something too early, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I did it because it wasn't planned. I, I didn't plan to do this show. I, 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 after the specials went out, I was worried that I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't be able to write something else after mm. that. So I just thought it's really important that you just do a show now and that you get a show done. Um, and you don't get in your own head about no. following these specials that you know to other people they're specials that they like sure but you're making a bigger deal of them in your head than yes, they are you're, you're seeing them as these like grand achievements <laughs> that, that, but like actually everyone else says oh yeah that guy did some specials once and actually following them up isn't such a big deal and you need to just follow them up so that you don't yeah. you know, make it bigger than it is in your head so I was just like right book loads of work in progress and do some gigs yeah come up with a new show and on stage i was trying to do the old stuff i used to do i used to like pretend that i was an undercover cop while i was in witness protection and have a big ruse that was silly and whimsical That's it. we're trying to find and we're well, um, trying to kiss yoko ono in one of them <laughs> yeah one of them i was you defending were... <laughs> yoko ono for the whole thing trying to kind of stand up for yoko ono that was it and um but you know i just found in those shows in those work in progress shows that didn't work anymore people were a bit like oh okay he's kind of doing that. and my heart wasn't in it and it no. was like and then I just started you know thinking of work in progress to, to do whatever you like it doesn't matter when I was an open spot Josie Long told me to just try any idea you've got um, when you're an open spot because no one can judge you and I always see like working on a new show work in progress as you're an open spot again so you try everything again and, yeah. and they, they, they can't judge you if they do who cares like they're yeah. if, they judge, if they're judging a work in progress it's not for them no. work in progress is just for me so I was I started going oh I'm just going to tell them about this personal stuff and see what happens and I thought like oh maybe down the line you know I'll feel figure out a metaphor to do that isn't that I don't have to talk to them about yeah. I'll, I'll figure out a ruse I'll, I'm in prison or something <laughs> you know or, 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 or something like that but nothing worked as well I, I was even trying to ditch that there's a big routine in the show about being dropped by my agent and um I tried to get rid of that and not do it mm. in the show multiple times. Really? I, I'd, I'd do it at work in progress gigs and it'd go really well one night and would feel like the most important routine I'd ever done. And then the next night it wouldn't work and I'd feel very alone and judged. 
and uh, then and then then you know the next night it'd be a disaster. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had two people in work in progress shows cry during that bit Bloody and hell. stuff like that because I got it wrong. I got the the, the tone of you know, I, I, you know yeah. People have been talking. I think a guy was talking during it, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because it's like you know, oh, work, work in progress. So I'll go into the audience more. What are you talking about? He's like, "It just reminded me of something that happened." And then <laughs> cry. Oh, the, the show ended oh, with me God. hugging this guy on stage as he cried and everyone leaving. And I remember thinking, "I can't Shit, have man. have gigs turn into this. No, uh, no, the, no. It, it can't be. I can't be responsible for this. No, like, it's not fair on this guy. It's not you know. So like, um, a lot of missteps along the way of being like, this is not what I want this to be." And trying to get rid of it and trying yeah. to not do that routine. And then, like, I remember doing a work in progress when I didn't have it in. It went badly. And the audience member said, I saw you do a gig with that in it, and it was the best show I've seen you do. And I was like, fuck, he's oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I should put it in there. But now it's in there. It does, you know, take its toll on me. So, like, um, you know, if I'm honest uh, about it, you know, I'm not necessarily ready to be talking about all this stuff to strangers. No. And, uh, and so it's a lesson learned really it's not that I'm not proud of the show no but uh, I definitely you know look at it and go do you know what this this and this you probably aren't completely ready to talk to audiences about no. there, there are some bits where like if I mention going to therapy on stage there's always a few people in the room will laugh and there's not a joke there no right I just mention going to therapy and, and a few people will giggle and the thing is is that those people could be giggling because they go to therapy yeah and, I, and I've just said you know about you know being told by my girlfriend you should go to therapy again and they laugh because I mean, they've been in that position as well where they've yeah. gone to therapy they've stopped going to therapy they're going through a tough time and someone tells them they should go again and, <laughs> and, 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 and they go oh yeah I know what that's like when someone calls you on that but several times on stage I've kind of gone into things of like oh that's funny is it <laughs> like I'm, 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 what are you saying I'm, yeah. almost not singled them out but kind of going yeah some people will laugh at that because therapy to them is funny and I've almost been on my high horse and been like but do you know what if you think therapy is funny this show's pretty much for you <laughs> if you think that and all this but actually in that situation I'm not really saying to them You're, you know, I, I don't I'm probably not talking to someone who's not ready to talk about therapy and is laughing about it immaturely I'm probably talking to someone who is ready to talk about it has done it is able to laugh at their own life experience because that's what stand up is yeah. a lot of the time and then I'm saying to them you don't get it and they're like and they're probably not sitting there going, "Oh dear, he's misunderstood me." They're there going, "Ah, oh, you don't get it, mate." <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think you're, I don't think you're right. I don't think you're ready to talk about this. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of that a little bit more. Yeah, you go yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm still insecure about talking. I still feel like, oh, maybe they're all judging me and they'll think I'm stupid right. because I went to therapy, or maybe they think this, that, and the other. Maybe they think I'm weird. And sometimes I have got, you know, just uh, unarguably uh, aggressive or immature heckles when I'm talking about mental health on stage. Right. I have you know, told the audience I had suicidal thoughts mm. and, 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 had, and had audience members shout out, oh, poor little baby, like that. This oh, guy wow. shouted that out wow. <laughs> in Sheffield. Shit. And I did just like, and then the whole room kind of like just completely silent after he said mm. it. But I've had a few like that, a few heckles that have been like that. Yeah. Going, like, you know. Well, I suppose people, um, because people see you you're James Acaster. Sure. And see the they see James the successful James Acaster. I, I had Rob Beckett on, and Rob Beckett comes up a lot on this. Because uh-huh. he when I interviewed him and he said that he's still, you know, he's Rob Beckett and he's on all these shows. Yeah. He didn't say that. I was like, well, you're, you know, you yeah, yeah. On, you look like you're having a great time. But he's yeah. like, sometimes he's lying in bed and he's like, what's the fucking point? Sure. He still feels sad. He feels yeah, yeah, still yeah. shit because he's a human being. And that's the same yeah. with you. So you had such a traumatic thing you were going through. You were just like, I'm just going to fucking end it. 
Yeah, sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many shows you've done or what successes you've had. Mm. Underneath it all, you're a human being. Yeah, it's still the same. Also, Beckett, last week, Beckett, like, I, I don't... I don't really see Beckett that much. No. Uh, um, I don't think we've ever, like, properly hung out one-on-one before. Uh, but, like, I always get on with him when I see him. And um, I definitely have that. Even though I know who I'm... You know, I know that mm. with me, you know, audiences or whatever might see me as one thing, and I know that I'm, that's not who I am. I know yeah. I'm a person. But I can still look at other people. I look at, I look at Beckett and think, like, he's got it sorted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be- Beckett's yeah. fine. Beckett won't care if like the audience aren't laughing that much because he's he's comfortable enough in himself. He, and, and and he's like you know, and, and he's like a he's a real um you know works. He kind of like is 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 you know he's going on getting the job done. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, so if they're not yeah, laughing, yeah, yeah. not laughing. Who cares? And the other night I was like I had a gig and I was like oh, I was feeling shit before even going on. And Beckett rang me up out of nowhere. And I answered it and he was like about to do a, mm. a venue that I'd done and he was like, what's this venue like and all that? And I yeah. just told him. And we had a chat and he basically feels exactly the same as I do. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and it was such a weird thing where like, he's such a, it was, it was such so good of him really. To, he won't, you know, he probably won't know <laughs> how much I needed that phone call. So he, he kind of phoned up and just said like, you know, basically that he was, before I could even say any of it, I didn't say to him, "Here's how I'm feeling about gigs." Mm. He was like, "How's your tour going?" And, and, and I was like, "Yeah, it's all right, you know, up and down." And how's yours? So I went, "Yeah, good." You know, obviously sometimes you know don't laugh much. And you just want to tell him about the ideas up, and you just think, "Fucking hell!" Because like, it's a gruel. And, and, and he said to me, "You know, if you, if you ever want to ring me up at any point, because like you know, uh, there's only like me and you and a couple, couple of other yeah. people at the minute who are doing uh, these kind of gigs where like we've just started doing these rooms, yeah, and like." So we understand what it's like, and we do it. We're touring it right now. And if you ever want to give me a ring and chat about it, then Brilliant. go 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 for it. And and after like, like this is someone who like I kind of naively uh, and ignorantly kind of thought like almost like when I would come off after having had a go at them, mm. he would be the kind of comedian I'd think about and go, he wouldn't do this. <laughs> like, why, why am I such an idiot? Like, like yeah. why, I, 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 something's wrong with me. I can't do this. There are more professional comics out there like Rob Beckett who just wouldn't do it. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, the other day I had a bit of a go at the Northampton crowd and I felt bad about it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, fucking hell. Like, yeah. like, okay, like, yeah, we're people and that's what happens. And like saying, it was like, you know, just you know, give us something. And basically giving someone a ring is doing the exact same thing as you, no matter what it is, what 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 job you're working mm. in, whatever. And just going like, oh, this person's, you know, in the same job as me, maybe at the same level that I'm at now. Yeah. Understand because also like once people have gone past that level they don't understand either. No, you know you get an open spot, ring up a, a comic who's like employed and doing the circuit with their problems. They've got, yeah. got, 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 oh, just get through it. <laughs> Even though when they when they were an open spot, they were like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like how we all honk at learner drivers and get fucking you know, yeah. behind a learner. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> Even though we were a learner once, yeah, but we just never you know. But like yeah, anyway, but like um, yeah, it was just good to like, have have someone going like I'm in the same position as you. And I do feel the same way, so you're not crazy. It's a nice feeling, isn't yeah. it, to know that? Yeah. yeah. When, when, when people are in this position, this is how they feel. Yeah. And you go, okay, great. Lovely. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. So, I, I uh, yeah, I, I should have said thank you to him on the phone. I think I did. You never know. We'll, put, we'll, we'll tag him in this. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. I think I, said, I think I said thanks to him on the phone. If I, if I didn't, thank you, Bob. <laughs> uh, James, this has been lovely. Thank you so much. And you're off on tour now, aren't you? Today, this minute. I'm, I'm going off to... Where are I tonight? Sheffield, I think. Off to Sheffield. So, where, where, so another heckle about being a wimp, I imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Sheffield. I love, I Sheffield. love Sheffield. I've uh, yeah. I'm actually like I probably shouldn't say this in the podcast, but I've kind of 
I was doing a thing with some other comics on a text group recently of saying like, next time I go on tour, I'm going to do 10 venues. <laughs> I'm just being like, I listed the 10 and Sheffield is, and this week I've got like an absolute treat of Sheffield, Leeds and Manchester. Oh, nice. Salford, respectively. But like, uh, <laughs> but like uh, they're, they're three of the 10. So like potentially this is yeah. the best week of the tour, but nice, we'll see. Mate. I've said that now. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a follow up now. Just go, yeah. do a phone call. How'd you get on? Fucking! I want to quit. <laughs> you should get me after one of those gigs. I always think that. I don't know about like people who go to therapy sessions, but like every time I come off a gig and I'm completely depressed and I want to quit and I'm thinking all those things, I go now. I want to go into a yeah, therapy. Yeah. Put me in now. Put me into a therapy session now, and we'll actually get to the because now I'm covered in the, all the grime. Right. It's actually, by the time I get to my next therapy session, it'll have all kind of like washed off a little yeah. bit, and I'll, I'll I'll be more coherent. But actually, like 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 this podcast, really, probably the best time would have been after. I've had a rubbish gig straight off stage into the green room have you there and be like right here's my mental health here's how it actually is that's where I'm at now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like I'll maybe we'll do that yeah you should, you should just pick a comic like me who's just like not too tightly wrapped a bit on the edge and do a whole tour with them until, until they have that first bad gig and then get, get it. it in the can and see, see, see you later James thanks for that yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you you can get loads of likes it'd be way more helpful for people at home James thanks mate thanks man appreciate Cheers. that thank you lovely Cheers, Insane in the membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production. <laughs>